Cinebuds receives support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies, buddies talking about cinema. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. From Radio Milwaukee, I'm Dory Zori, and we'd like to welcome a very special guest, first time on Cinebuds. Yes, hi, I'm Element Everest Blanks, music director for Hyphen, a Radio Milwaukee station. Yeah, and this is Cinebuds. (laughs) And this week we watched They Cloned Tyrone. Slick, come on. Doesn't make your spider senses tingle. What kind of shit is this? Like I'm in the twilight zone now. Don't let the back door hit you. Uh, we gotta, we gotta go. I don't know what that was, but that wasn't me. Somebody is conducting experiments on us. That's right. They Clone Tyrone is from Jewel Taylor, who is, that's his feature film debut. And it's about a series of strange events that's happening in a community and there's government conspiracies involved and it's all happening directly beneath their neighborhood. Let's start with our special guest. Mm. Overall, your overall vibe and first thoughts about this movie you want to share. Oh my goodness, there's so much goodness. I, I don't even know where to start. There's <laughs> there's black exploitation. There's there's you know Jordan Peeleness. There's just a lot going on and I loved it all. Sci-fi, yes. right? It's but also like you could kind of picture this stuff happening because a lot of the truths about American history are not that far away from the sci-fi of this movie. That is correct. But they did it in such an entertaining and fun and interesting way that uh, I just wanted to make sure that we had your perspective because I know you notice things in movies that most people just kind of. Gaze. What yeah. what is it that you have when we listen to music and a sound puts you in a place mentally? A picture. I I mean it. This parts of this movie literally put you and the the individuals in the film in a trance because there was there was something else bubbling beneath the surface. There was some Morse code going on, and and most people didn't realize what was happening. And and you could visually see that when some of the characters were yawning at the same time and people were moving in the club at the same time and they start and stop. It was just a lot going on. And let me just say, I am happy to see Jamie Foxx back. Yeah. It felt good to see him in his element. He brought something to this film that, you know, without him, I don't know if it would have been as good. I agree. It was really something we haven't mentioned yet, really, is it's it's a comedy, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a very funny and he's doing some of his best, like some of the stuff he says, it's almost like he's just talking to himself. Yeah. But it's like some of the best banter and just like little, it's like all the details of this, of his dialogue is really great. And it, for those who don't know, this is starring Jamie Foxx, but also John Boyega and Tiona Paris. Uh, so those are the three kind of leads in the film. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot more about the film mm-hmm. and we're going to dig into uh, not only the movie, but we're also going to ask Element about some of her favorite movie choices in the past. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back. April showers bring May flowers, potholes, and flat tires. If you've been saving up for a rainy day, those days are here. If you're in need of a more reliable ride, donate your old one to Radio Milwaukee. 
Did you know? A single vehicle donation can be almost three times as valuable as a single cash donation. Think of it as a financial super bloom for this public radio station. Learn more by going to RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. All right, we're back, and we are talking about They Cloned Tyrone and with our special guest, Element. Hey. So before we get into the movie, They Cloned Tyrone, uh, all I can hear is Erica Badu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with uh, the influence for the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have called him anything else, but I think it was so clever. And then at the end of the movie... Is that her? That is a new version version of the song specifically for this film. And that is how good it is that it brought Erica (laughs) Badu out her bag to say, I'm going to redo this strictly for this film. Because she doesn't do anything for anybody. I mean, she's Erica Badu. She doesn't have to get up and do anything. But she chose to because the film is that good. I was telling you before we started that at the end of the movie, I listened so closely because I'm like, are we? Am I just hearing cloned because I want to, or mm-hmm. did they? Because it called clone. I can see how I can mix it up, and then I like looked away because we had the subtitles on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked away. I'm like, I don't want that to influence me. Is she saying cloned? And then I realized the line was like wholly different as well. Yeah. I also had subtitles on because what you were saying earlier about Jamie Fox and all the side things he was saying, kind of under his breath. Yeah. I'm like, I am missing so much magic here, and it was. That's where like a little bit of the magic dialogue yes. was. Um, in between the actual character dialogue. That is correct. There was so much going on in the conversations throughout the film. The little things that normally happen on day-to-day situations that they put into the film. Like Sometimes the fear in you will cause you to do things to comfort yourself, like sing in an elevator going down, <laughs> seeing some Mary J. Blige because you are terrified of what's oh, at the bottom. Um, like there, there's just so much goodness. There's so much goodness to talk about. Yeah. So we do a little bit of spoilers here. Um, we try to keep it like a spoil free, but this is one of the most streamed movies on Netflix right now. So I have to think a lot of people listening right now will be okay with a few spoilers, yeah. but Element, um, let's get into some of the more notable parts of the movie. And thank you for being here because, I mean, I think it's nice with us doing so many episodes to have a special guest. But also, all the bad people in the movie looked like Christopher and I, <laughs> which I totally understand. They mostly looked like me. Let's be real. They mostly looked more like Christopher. But I, I have substantially less hair. Well, well, you know what? I think what people, and, and Dory, I'm so sorry. I, I plan to spoil this movie for everyone yes. listening. So yeah, I think what we can all walk away with is the fact that although this was set in an inner city ghetto featuring a lot of people, most all people of color, this was really how we're all kind of Tyrone. Mm -hmm. We're all conditioned to do things and we're all conditioned to be okay with things maybe 20 years ago that would have freaked us out. Like the idea that we say, hey, Siri, and there's someone listening to us all day, (laughs) this AI. We've been conditioned to be okay with yeah. Machines listening to us on a daily basis. We've been okay. We've been conditioned to not leave our phones at home, take them with us everywhere, and they track where we are. Yeah. We've been conditioned. We're all kind of living in this bubble of people watching us. Yeah. And it nothing says that better than the opening scene when you look at the film and you see these pale blue eyes watching over this inner city full of black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is the theme of the entire film. Yeah. Right out the gate. 
And let's let's take a second to give just a very general, for those of you who haven't seen it, mm-hmm. just generally what happens in the film. Here's a broad overview. It's John Boyega's character play, uh, plays a drug dealer mm-hmm. uh, that uh, he's going about his business. He gets shot, but he doesn't cease to exist. Right. No. He comes back and he's very. And he wakes up the net, what seems like the next day. Yes. yes. It's very Groundhog's Day. I was just going to say. You know, yeah. There's so many references to these 80s films, yeah. too. And when he woke up the next day, I was like, okay, so are we re watching what we've already watched? And right. is this slowly going to tell the story more and more? But it was a totally new person. Yeah. And it took a minute for you to adjust to realize that this was not the person who was shot. Right. So we we discover that the government, I mean, this is, again, this is a, a big part of the film, so it's not su- super spoiler. The government is cloning people as an experiment in this one community to, and to test out these sort of products that can help them control people. Yeah, it's all about mind control. Yeah. yeah. And the power of when people become self-aware of what's going on around them and really want to do something to make a change. Yeah, I think one of the biggest messages in the film is when you realize that you're being manipulated and you're being controlled, our natural instinct is to fight back and gain that control. But how much control can you really gain if even within that space of you fighting back, there's a sense of control? Yeah, You can't can't leave that space. And if you yourself is taken out they can just replace you with someone else yeah to do the same job Mm -hmm. so that was this that was the part of the film that i think i walked away with the most how much control do you really have when you've you know click the button to accept all of these you know (laughs) know, on your phone your terms and conditions conditions. you're Mm -hmm. giving we're we're happily giving away control yeah and then when we realize we've given it away, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because there are, there are those two responses. I know something bad is going on. And again, we talked about how this reflects, obviously, what's happening in the world um, all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose to, uh, like Tyna Paris's character, she's like, we got to go fix this. We got to mm-hmm. go blow it up. And then there's a moment where John Boyega's character is like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm just want to, like, you. it's too much. Mm-hmm. And it's both... Is this too much for me to deal with? This is too big? Or is it that same thing of like, well, look, how much of a difference can one person make? Yeah. So there's that feeling of like, well, someone else will vote for him. You know, know, if I don't do it, mine's not going to count. Yeah. It really brought back COVID for me. Like the whole idea of if everybody around you is succumbing to this thing and participating in this big thing that's being led by the government, yeah. how much can you actually trust yeah, right, it? right, right. Mm-hmm. Even though there might be some scientific fact to the reason that you should, yeah. his, historically, eh, I don't know if There's I can. There's a ton of reason yeah. to doubt. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't know that history, um, we will definitely put some links to real experiments <laughs> that yeah. were done on, on real human people. Beings, yeah. yeah, human but beings. I think what you're talking about, though, the human condition, Right. We all kind of experience that sometimes within multiple times within a day where you just feel helpless to where you feel empowered to want to make a difference. 
And then like you just look for those people that can help you organize and yeah. do something that's going to actually change things. Mm-hmm. So let's overarching things. Are there any smaller things that you noticed during this movie? Because um, you saw it more than <laughs> once, maybe? Cause... What you can't see, everybody, is a lot of preparation. <laughs> Very excitedly picked up the paper. Yes, I have so many notes. I have so many notes. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really interesting in the film and... Um, I will, I'll say this. One of my first dates with my husband, I took him to see this film about dual universes. And I didn't know whether or not that was going to end our relationship. <laughs> but one of the things I walked away with from that film that relates to clone Tyrone is Dr. Emoto, who is a pioneer. And he is the person behind studying water and music. And how when you play certain songs, it changes the look of the molecules of water. Whoa. And that's like a little, so that makes me think of the club scene. That makes you think of not only the club scene, when one of the drug dealers say, hey, you drink some water. You know, our bodies are 80% water. What? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's okay. a lot going on. Under, <laughs> I just got chill bumps. So there's a lot going on under the surface. One of the first people that you see in the film is a young lady getting out of her car to go into a liquor store. And then you fast forward to about 20 minutes later, you see a missing poster of her. And then later on, you see her underground with her eyes open. That's why she's missing. I didn't notice And that. then at the end, on television, you see her hug her family. So she's been found. But those are there's multiple mm-hmm. stories oh going gosh. on here, so you're gonna have to watch. It I am. I, that's yeah. just what I was thinking. I yeah. gotta watch this again. And then, I'll, one of the things that um, that Malcolm X said in the Spike Lee movie was he talked about the pale, blue-eyed person watching our community. Yeah, and that's the first scene that you see oh. when you come out of it. So there's very certain, symbolic. Yes, and then there's certain like black girl magic moments where she pulls out the pin. Oh, to yeah, unlock yeah. the car. And I told Gerard, I said, that's a wig. <laughs> <laughs> because w- when we have our natural hair, we don't wear bobby pins to keep that in. But that's something that you would wear if it wasn't your natural hair. And that comes into play, importantly, later on. Later on. Oh, nice. The Carmen San Diego moment when she's walking to the, yeah. you know, p- like there's all these 80s childhood yeah. references and like the Scooby-Doo vans. Yeah, and yeah the Nancy Drew books. Yes, Nancy mm-hmm. Drew. There's so much going on, Chris. Come oh, on. man. So for a beautiful movie that you think is just full of dialogue of people talking to each other, there's really not a word or a line that isn't in there for an intention and a purpose. And I love that about films like this. I mean, what clever writing. It it is clever. And and the idea that, you know, I was watching it and I was like, I I don't think everybody's going to get everything. This is a movie you have to watch a couple of times to like get it, get it. That, see, I liked this movie right away. It had a lot of elements I love in this kind of thing where it, like, it's got the sci-fi element, humor, but there's like a real meat to the message and to the history and everything. Yeah. So it reminded me of a lot of stuff like um, Sorry to Bother You, it reminded me of. Uh, it reminded me of, um, uh, <laughs> just for a second, it reminded me, and this is a very silly reference, but of Undercover Brother. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, it was in the chicken when mm-hmm. that, that happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, there's a few elements. This is right at the beginning. I was like, is this just a, like a serious version of Undercover Brother? But yeah. then it was a lot, obviously a lot bigger than that. But there's all these kind of things that reminded me of just film wise. Yeah. But now, and then so I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was very funny. Like you said, like uh, um, 
Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was like so on point with his concert, his dialogue. But I was, I think I was focusing on that, just the references and the humor and the style, but I did not see all those little details that they had in there. Now I feel like I like it a ton more. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you think about even the liquor, Anaconda liquor was from Black Dynamite. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I would not have remembered that in a million years. Yeah, so there's oh, a lot. Wow. There's like yeah, these yeah. little cool references. And Dory, I know you were thinking, when is this? Like like literally, when is oh, this? Yeah. Because you're selling CDs and tapes, but you're also referencing cryptocurrency. Yes. Oh yeah. What, ti- yeah. what is the time period for this film? And, and I the think style it's, was yeah. there was a few different kinds of like clothing styles being represented. There was like a flip phone, then there was like a telephone on the wall like in the seventies. I was thinking that. And so is that that was purposeful too or was was that a way of showing that this has been happening for decades? I think that's the point. Oh, I think that's gosh. the point to show that this is this isn't something new. This mm-hmm. is something that we've been slowly conditioned to accept. Yeah. And all of the things in the film where people were being fed this poison were kind of staples in the black community. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the church, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, on the streets and street drugs or whether it's even just the music, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. The, the you know? barbershop and beauty salon. Yes, the beauty salon, putting it directly in your hair. And what what I thought was most interesting was the woman who was speaking at the beauty salon, she had this like bubble of anger of and then it just subdued her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it calmed her. Mm-hmm. And even the patriarchy in the film, how, you know, the Nixon, which I think it was a great name for Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, he, he referenced to Yo-Yo, the woman, he was like, you're a dime a dozen, but they're expensive. You know, Ooh, so yeah, it was still yeah. that sense mm-hmm. of like value, even in this experiment of right. men being more valuable than women. Right. Dang, I didn't catch that. I thought of that more as um, the clones are more valuable than the regular humans that were there. I think the idea was men first. Yeah. To clone these these dominant male figures mm-hmm. in the community that we need to keep reproducing so that they can keep doing this this damage and this harm. And then we'll experiment on women. So if you think I, about yeah. the woman who came up missing at the end, she was like... It was all the posters. If you see, if you go back and watch it, all the posters of people missing are women. Whoa. That's interesting because when I saw, oh, they were missing because they were part of the experimentation, but not part of the cloning. That is correct. That's what I was noticing Mm -hmm. is that in that scene, I was like, okay, it's not, they're only cloning men. But then later on, I think I got confused when I saw people being released and some of them are women. But I I think what I'd forgotten is that it wasn't just cloning. It was also just experimentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have a question that um, I don't know if it meant anything, but I one of the first things that I noticed during the movie. So when they go into the parking lot of the hotel is very dark. But and there was like a purple kind of hue and light there. And it was the same purple hue and light that was also in the underground facility by the clones. Mm hmm. I don't know if that's just a stylistic connection or if there's any anything I'm missing about that color or that vibe. Ooh, I don't know. I have to go back to see that. Yeah, I noticed also the uh, what I liked so much stylistically was that the three leads had very prominent colors that represent them, especially mm-hmm. when they're in the elevator, they're close up, yellow, was Brown it purple and purple. Yeah, yeah, and then he had he had red on or purple or yeah, I forgot what they were. Green. Oh, one of them. I think General Yeager was in green. But they, I loved seeing them all together, and it was like such a nice 
stylistic choice. I didn't see that as much in the rest, but I think it's because they were like they were singled out as here are the three heroes of the film, mm-hmm. and we almost like superheroes. We yeah, each yeah, have yeah. our yeah. We all each have our identifiable color on. It was really that was a really nice choice. And I will say I really loved Jay Alphonse's character as well as being the other drug dealer who was kind of like. I kind of knew this all along. Something was going on. So, I mean, I I love the idea that at the end of the day, the black community is always suspicious. And we always think there's some stuff (laughs) under the surface. And we're like, you know what? I knew they were putting something in that that drink. About five years ago, it started to taste a little funny. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. for me, that was funny, too, because we're always suspicious. And it was nice to see, like, the two people who really were at odds working together and then you they even commented the news like everyone's coming out and helping each other and you see like what was we thought was the villain for a while he's putting his coat over somebody right. so it's nice to see the community come together and triumph over it yeah oh, yeah when they good. brought in the the reinforcements at the end that was a a cheering moment. Yeah. And yeah. such, again, I mean, the humor in this movie was just all over the place in a good way. But seeing the army of people coming and they're all essentially in a similar or the same car, car? with different yes. colors. <laughs> and you've got uh, Jamie Foxx, you know, up standing up, uh, leading the charge. So Pretty funny. Good. It was really clever. A bunch of visual like gags that were really pleasant. Um yeah. David Alan Greer too. Oh my goodness. I didn't my even recognize him at first. My favorite part of the movie was seeing him and knowing that him and Jamie Foxx they came up together yeah, in uh, Living, Living Color. Color and then yeah. I was like, oh. Well, David Alan Greer is one of those people that you can give one like one scene and he will steal that scene <laughs> and he will be remembered like throughout the entire yeah. film. We will still reference him from one scene. Yeah. He's just that good. And I loved his character as well because as soon as he's finished, we went into juveniles, back that thing up. And it showed how, and I'm not even going to lie to you, when it first came on, when I watched it by myself, sorry, Gerard. Um, <laughs> when I watched it by myself, I immediately started dancing. Yeah. And then when I realized throughout the movie that like music was mm-hmm. was a form of mind control, I was like, mm-hmm. They got yeah, me. They got oh, me. Because <laughs> that one makes you dance even in church. You're backing yeah. that thing up. So, yeah. Yeah, the David Allen Greer scene with his just his hair and his beard together which I was talking to Dory about I feel like like in an interview or somewhere I saw him he had a really big beard big white like salt and pepper beard that I hadn't seen him in before I'd always seen him smooth face and I was like was it for this role or was that just his his what he was doing at the time and it happened to run into this movie but <laughs> it was yeah it was a delight to yeah. see him in there he's he's his comic relief was amazing and the idea that he was saying what does god want from you yeah obedience yeah like he was mm-hmm. preaching this yeah. obedience to the congregation and yeah it was all there yeah it's just not gonna make me question reality for like the next couple <laughs> weeks until the the magic of this movie fades a little bit but yeah i mean gosh can you imagine going down and finding out you're a clone down there element yeah it's really jordan peele's us yeah that's and there another was, thing I there was of, a yeah. lot of you know there was a lot of references to modern films that have us questioning our reality a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that. I appreciated the nods to, you know, films like Shaft and, mm-hmm. and and Groundhog's Day. I remember those films and what the effect they had on me like instantly. I it took me back. As soon as he woke up, I was like, I remember what this felt like when I was a little girl watching yeah. this film, waiting for the film to move me forward. And it did such a beautiful job referencing 
that historical film. I also want to go back and watch Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, there was right. a lot of references <laughs> yeah. to him. Like, I think I saw that movie, but I was so young, I, I probably also, didn't get it. I also just love having to remind him what reference she was making. Hollow Man. Yeah, like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put myself out there, be very vulnerable. I instantly place. Googled a Shalimar <laughs> because I wanted to know what a Shalimar was. And when I put it in there, it already said, what is a Shalimar from They Clone Tyrone? Oh, really? Yes. So it wasn't just me. Like people who watched it instantly wanted to know. I still don't have an answer. I just know the band, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what the reference is. I remember and there was, there was a, a fragrance called Shalimar. That's another one I thought of too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember referencing like that. Get, it was like a drugstore kind of brand, Shalimar, I feel. I agree. I think I remember it was referenced in like Sanford and Son. I think they referenced Shalimar. And I remember, that's the only reason I know it as a as a, as a, a scent a as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it was you're right. It was supposed to be like a kind of. A, they have me guessing. Oh, now we've got pictures of Shalimar. The I mean, I was a, I worked in the perfume industry for oh. a short amount of time. Oh. You know what that break. reminds me of though the colors. It's like that gold for people who aren't who aren't looking at Dory's computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gold bottle on the bottom and blue on the top, which is the color of yo-yos. She had like these gold chaps and blue lipstick. Why, Look at that. Why do I even do this podcast? Why is Element why? not a permanent host with why? us? Well, this that's, is my last one. No, absolutely not. That's impressive. That's, that's yeah. the first thing I thought of when I saw that. You know, because that's a little like yeah. spot on. Well, that's wild. I, want, I mean, I want to believe that's intentional. And now I do because you told me <laughs> and I just believe you inherently. That's wonderful. Aww. Well, it seems like we all, I mean, Dory, did you, how did you, did you enjoy the film? I very much enjoyed it. And I was thinking about watching it again. And now I love little Easter eggs. And now that you pointed yeah. out some, I, I'm also going to probably steal your notes because I know there's probably <laughs> stuff we didn't get to. But thank you so much for getting me even more excited about this film that really was a uh, a visual treat, but also made me laugh and feel uncomfortable and feel like I wanted to, I don't know, do something nice for somebody <laughs> somewhere. Well, I, I will say this. I think the overarching idea is that this community is a black community because visually it is. But mm-hmm. they also did reference the middle class. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a whole hierarchy that everybody has to stay in place for the people who are on top yeah. to exist the way they exist. Because remember, spoiler, huge spoiler alert, <laughs> yeah. when the lead character, the original person that was cloned was talking, he was talking to his boss on the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a boss to this boss. Yeah. And we don't know how high that gets. So I think dun, there's dun, a dun. yeah, there's a layer where you come yeah. into play too and mm-hmm. you're you're following the yeah. rules as well. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland at one point says Absolutely. everyone has Everybody a boss. Everybody has a yeah. boss. So mm-hmm. it's not just That's it's not key. just us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well we we all really enjoyed this movie. We liked it a lot and there's clearly a lot more to it than first viewing this is definitely deserves a second viewing just just to get all the great details and if you have netflix it's streaming on there right now and if you don't it's worth a free trial yeah <laughs> watch as many times as you can during your free trial and if we miss some easter eggs yeah we want to know yeah, oh, yeah absolutely what question should we put out to our instagram followers for this movie what would you like i would to wa- hear? i want to know if they found any easter eggs that we didn't find. Ooh, yeah yeah absolutely now that i know there's a million of them in there mm-hmm. Definitely. We're going to ask you, if you've seen the film, what did you, what detail did you notice that maybe we didn't? Let us know on our Cinebuds Instagram. At Cinebuds Podcast.
But now we have yeah. a couple of segments we want to do, do real quick. Element, we're not done with you yet. So we want to know decided, more. We want yeah. the listeners to know more about you and your movie habits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've decided anytime we have a guest on our show, we want to know more about movies. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. And take your time. We'll just cut all the waiting time out. <laughs> but we'll start with a simple one. Okay. What is the film that made you cry the hardest? Coco. Oh, oh okay. I love Coco. Now you see why. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mama Coco. I, you know, I love that movie so much that when the original, the, the real person passed away that Coco was based on, mm-hmm. I posted it on my Instagram. Oh. And like crying <laughs> because it was just such a beautifully executed film. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to call it a cartoon because at that point, I, at a certain point, you just stop looking at it yeah, right. as like CGI and cartoon and mm-hmm. it just becomes a story of family. And I think it was beautifully executed. Is it something you enjoyed with your family? Or did I you watch did. it on your own? I watched it with my daughter because um, every Dia de las Muertes, she has a shrine oh. to her great uncle and oh. we celebrate him. And she has this whole thing in our basement. He had a jersey from the University of Illinois. And she celebrates him every year. It was so beautiful. Oh, that's delightful. Yes, I love that. that. Well, I have a question that you asked me, one of the first ones. Um, What is the movie that you think you saw the most in a movie theater? Oh, that is good. Yeah. It's probably my favorite movie of all time, which is Inception. What? Really? Inception is yes. your favorite movie of all time? Yes. It used to be The Game. Oh, with Jason yeah, Bateman? the David Fincher movie? Wait, what's Wait, the am game? I thinking of? With the, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, haven't seen that one. Yeah, I yeah. used to love The Game, and then the, I still love that film. Like, I, it's just beautifully executed, and like the plot twist is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But I love Inception. I love the thought of layers mm-hmm. of how we function and and how you can slightly manipulate someone with a, a, a possible suggestion. Yeah. And it leads to all of this stuff happening and just the layers of the film and layers of sleep that we yeah. walk around in and we don't really realize oh that we're gosh. we're actively doing stuff based on other people's suggestions and habits and what we see and what we breathe and I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I we do this thing at Milwaukee Film for some members at a certain level we give we'll do personalized recommendations based on movies that they like, which is a fun game for all all of us there. Based just on those two movies, the game and Inception, immediately I'm like Oh, I feel like I could recommend. Yes. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm trying to figure out like those, are, those two have a lot connected to them. So yes. that's going to be a fun little project for me. And I'm sitting here um, <laughs> like a dumbass because you said the game and I went to Jason Bateman's game night, which was an okay movie, but not yeah. anything so like what we're talking about. So I know everyone out there is laughing at me. I am also <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> Believe me. Game night is hilarious. Okay, though. I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry. It's freaking hilarious. Oh my well, goodness. Since we're on the top, the last question I'll ask is, what is the movie that made you laugh the most? Ooh. Mm. There's a lot of funny movies out there. Yeah. But some of them just I mean, there's lots of laughing. You. There's just like, you just laugh because it's silly fun. And then there's that movie that you turn to when you've had a day and you know you just need that kind of yeah. like joy. My answer is so inappropriate that I don't know if oh, I should fantastic. give this fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not a movie. It's a television series okay. called yeah. Legends of Chamberlain Heights. That is new to me. When's that from? 
Is it current? <laughs> the look on your don't, face don't makes do, me want to watch it. Don't so, do it. You, you guys Christopher's gonna, adding it to his letterbox right now. It's like boondocks on steroids. It's like, it is so freaking funny, but it's so many cultural references in it um, that... It's just, it's just bad, y'all. Be, be better than me. Be better than me. The problem is, I actually know one of the writers who also wrote oh, for really? Boondocks, and it is so. I'm crying right yeah. now because I'm like a very specific part in the um, series, but it is so incredibly hilarious, and it's. It's just inappropriate. I know. The more you keep saying don't watch it, and yet I'm mm-hmm. watching you talk about it, I'm mm-hmm. clearly going to. And you had me at the end at inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you think of the Chappelle show like on steroids, mm-hmm. like, oh my like gosh. it is so incredibly funny. Funny. I don't even. Oh. Listen, if this makes you feel any better, uh, my answer, I don't know if it's my answer to the question, but I often want to recommend a very dumb and very inappropriate movie, MacGruber. Oh my God. Yeah. Which is based on a really <laughs> average SNL sketch. Yes, yes. But the yeah. movie is filthy. It's just <laughs> so filthy. So filthy, but in a way that is char- somehow charming. <laughs> It absolutely, I actually recommended it to members because it felt like we were bonding. And yeah. I said, listen, <laughs> and I did exactly what you did. I said, listen, I'm not recommending you watch it. In fact, I'm asking you please not to, but also, if you I mean, it, roll laugh. the dice, yes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. When we do watch that movie, there's less celery in our house yeah. for a while. <laughs> Have you seen it? I, no, I've seen the commercials for McGruber oh. and they are hilarious. First off, SNL has produced some of the That's best true. like stand-up comedians and actors and actresses, period. Yeah. I think the the movie that made me laugh out loud the most from like SNL yeah. actors mm-hmm. was Bridesmaids. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. Like I was uh, I played the the wedding fitting scene I, I, like, repeatedly because I just could not believe that they did that. They, like these women went there, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I had to give them a nod because they went there, yeah. And they were like, "Look, poo humor is not just for the guys. No, we can do that." Wildly masterfully. underrated poo humor oh, because yeah. like farts and etc. Short on their own, they're funny in a very base way. But people can, I love how people take something silly and elevate it or do something clever with like, you can take something stupid and make something smart at the same time. And the cast is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you you can't get a funnier ensemble to me than those women. Yeah. Like, they're, they're all at the, they're at the top of their game alone, but put them together, they are amazing. And I also, I always like to mention, I have a huge crush on Maya Rudolph. I will mm-hmm. always have a crush on Maya Rudolph. Who doesn't? She's so mm-hmm. funny and amazing. If you don't, I don't trust you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Ellen, if you ever do watch McGruber, please make sure your children are not only not home, like in a different state. Okay. I don't even be okay. anywhere near. Okay. okay. That's, my, that's my plan this week. I'm definitely getting it in. I'm definitely getting it in. I will, t- I will text you. Oh, boy. You know oh, boy. And then have some celery and your favorite dipping sauce, like hummus, oh, ready. No, that's the worst advice. <laughs> don't listen to her. Well, that wraps up another Cinnabuds element. Thank you so 
much for being our special Thank guest you. today. Yeah, this was, was really fun. great. I appreciate it. We want to give a big shout out and lots of love to our producer, Kim Shine. Yay! And also our wonderful theme song, which is by New Ski. And thank you to our sponsors, Associated Bank, whoop whoop, and um, Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Wonderful people, and we could not do this, and we wouldn't want to do this without the support of our members, both of Rita Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you all so much. Element, until next time. Will it be me, though? (laughs) Oh, you've got to come back again one day. Yeah, for sure. Sing us out with uh, Clone and Tyrone. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye.